I've been feeling vibes all day. I've been feeling vibes all night. Let me breathe and meditate. Elevators, that all right? It's energy. Vibes, 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 energy. Vibes, 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 energy. Vibes, 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 energy. Try to reach everybody, but I can't reach everybody. I may not be called to this person or called to Hey, what's going on, good people? It's your girl T Hardaway. And it's Michael Bassel. And we are the Did It for the Hood Podcast. Indeed. Yeah. So we're coming back at you one more time with another phenomenal interview, as we always do. Today we have a solo practitioner out of Broward County. It's a good friend of mine. Went to law school with her. Um, a businesswoman, uh, soon to probably be a philanthropist too. She does a lot of things. We don't know. Y'all give it up for attorney Yasha Osby. How you doing, girl? I am doing well. How are you? We cannot complain. No, I, it's Black History Month. Okay. And I'm <laughs> it might got the T. It's Black History Month. We up. <laughs> all right. So um, first of all, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, we're going to start off like we always do. Tell us your story. My story. Well, like you said, I'm from Broward County, Florida, born and raised in Fort Lauderdale. Um, my my mom is from here. My family, my roots. This is my roots. Um, I grew up with my mom, my sibling, five siblings. Um, my mom was a single mom. So my grandfather, who I've shared with UT, he's, he's stepped in a lot um, in my childhood and acted as my father figure, um, went to high school here, college. I'm first, I'm a first gen, um, went to college undergrad at FIU down in Miami. I studied criminal justice there. Then from there, I went to Florida A&M College of Law where I met UT. Um, the pandemic happened. <laughs> boy did it okay still having that help right. during that yeah during that that last year graduation year pandemic happened um things kind of took a turn because i did not imagine myself becoming a solo practitioner at that time um i was in orlando moved back home with family down here in fort lauderdale and now i ended up Opening my own firm, like I said, that was not in the plans, but I guess it was God's plan. And I'm here now. Okay. So okay. I'm going to jump around a little bit because you, you okay. led into it. What do you mean you didn't mean to be? Like, how do you just fall into solo practitioner? For those who don't know, solo practitioner means she practices law by herself. Yeah. So, uh, oh, I probably left a big portion of like, I had an early on career as a juvenile probation officer with the state. I had did that for five years, um, pretty much ended that career during the time of graduation from law school. And so I transitioned to another department with the state thinking, okay, I'm gonna do this, play this long-term and eventually go out to like federal government. That was my goal at the time. Um, I just got into doing a little bit legal work. I was a hearing officer and I realized that I felt complacent. Like mm. this is, I don't see myself doing this for mm. another, how many years, probably 20 something years, because with the state you get to like 30 and then you drop out mm -hmm. what they call the drop you retire. Um, so I started thinking about like life. The pandemic changed my whole view and perspective on what I want to do, um, how I wanted to live, being around family, that meant a lot to me. And so I started thinking about the what would give me the flexibility, um, also my purpose, how I wanted to really help people. I felt like I was really constrained in that manner with the government, working for the government. Um, and so then I just, I said, you know, everything else that 
I thought would happen wasn't happening. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to D.C. I had to put in so many applications with federal government. They started doing hiring freezes. Nothing was making sense. And I said, God, I don't know, but something has to jump. I know I was, I, I know something had to jump. And I just started thinking, I sat down and it, it this wasn't a, a quick decision. This was like over time. I, was, I started thinking about like where I envisioned myself. And I always saw myself like wanting to have my own business and things like that, but not probably long-term down in line, not something that was right then and there at the time of the height of the pandemic. Um, so I, I prayed about it and I said, I'm going to take that leap. And I did it. I did it. I was like, I don't even know how to announce this to everybody. They're going to think I'm crazy. You leave in your state job where you have stability and you just going to go out on your own. Girl, you going to give up that good government job? <laughs> you going to give up that good benefits? What? That stability? Um, I knew a lot of people was, was going to be like, what? But I did it anyway. I, I felt like it. when you led by God to do something, when you pray about it, you got to do it. You got to jump and do it. It don't matter what other people saying or how they see it. So I just, I sent out uh, messages to my close friend, uh, friends and family members telling them, hey, this is what's going on. And this is when I plan to start. And I've been doing it ever since. And it, I, I hit my one year anniversary actually this month. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Of course, of course. Running the streets for one year out here, <laughs> making it happen. You feel me? Yeah. So, has there been anything unexpected that has happened on your entrepreneur journey into being oh, a solo yeah. practitioner? <laughs> what you said that? Oh I'm yeah. I'm saying, oh yeah. Every day. <laughs> mm. Get into it though. What's happening? All I what can say, happened? yeah. All I can say is, um, every day is literally a different day. Mm. Right. And I've learned to or I'm learning to accept that <laughs> because I went from a set schedule government job mm. where I'm just used to having my plan out for the whole day. Mm. Just that structure, whereas mm. entrepreneurship, that lifestyle is, is, is this lifestyle is totally different. You can think you're going to be doing this at nine o'clock, that at 11 and anything can happen. And what I mean, as far as like opportunities, someone can randomly call you. You can randomly meet somebody and you're like, I can't miss out on this. I have to hurry up and jump on this. Mm -hmm. And so um, my day to days is just very different. Uh, I've had to learn a lot business-wise, um, that was the most unexpected thing for me, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I know it's cliche. People say, okay, you know, you're going to, you want to learn how to join, uh, start a business, join a networking group, um, take mm -hmm. this person's class, and then that's the key, right? And it's, it's just not that simple. Um I would say the business side of things is the most difficult. It's not even the actual practice of law in itself. I've had to learn a lot on the, on the, on the fly. Like, yeah, I did a business plan, started that out. Um, I've had to go back and revisit that so many times. Um, it's just nothing is ever the same. I think that's what bothers me because I'm a planner. So every day I'm like, all right. What what do we have today? Um, I think also when I first started out, I was thinking long term, like, OK, you, you know, you won't have clients for X amount of months. So this is what you can do. You can, you know, catch up on the law. You can do all these things, do research, go out, have meetings. But it didn't even happen like that. I actually started getting clients. Like as soon as I made my official announcement on like Facebook, Instagram, 
that same day in the next day, people started calling. Mm. And so I was like, oh, oh, God. y'all want to hire me knowing I just started the day? God yeah. did. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, okay. So then that's when I learned the importance of processes, right? Like, all right, you get a client, what's next? Sign them up. They they understand you want to provide this service to them, but really, what is the process? So it's just been so many different things that I had to learn. Um, and honestly, a lot of people don't talk about this. Mm. A lot of, I, or I would say a lot of attorneys won't talk about this. They'll say, this is how they got here, but they won't tell you the day-to-day. They won't explain the reality of staying late some up until midnight trying to figure some of these things out. They won't tell you that. Mm. Why do you think that is that they don't? Because it's an image. Um, A lot of people within this industry, they focus on image. They focus on um, perfection, not power trip type of thing, not not being a vulnerable person. You, when it when it comes to law, I think that was a very hard adaptation for me as well. Like just realizing, like, yeah, I'm 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 a people person, right? But when you get in this industry, and what I mean by people person, I, let me rephrase that. I'm a laid back person, mm-hmm. where it's like titles don't really mean a lot to me. But when you get in this industry, it means a lot to a lot of people. It's everything to them. It's everything. <laughs> wow. It's everything to them. When you're going to shake somebody's hand, the first thing you're going to hear is, hi, my name is, this is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas me, I'm the total opposite. Like, right. I I want to know where you're from. That's where okay. I want to be. ask how you doing and everything. That's my that. southern hospitality. Like, mm-hmm. hey, how you doing? Where are you from? What made you come to this area? Like, and so that was really off-putting for me. And it still is now to this day because um, yeah, they care a lot about title here. So in my mind, it's okay, if you're not this, then maybe I should place you in this category or that category. I heard heard somebody say a long time ago, they said, um, people ask you what you do, what you do when they meet you so they can determine how much respect to give you. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Old person said that to me. Wow. I've heard that before, too. Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's crazy, though. It's it's just crazy to me because I I'm the type of person I respect the janitor just as much as I respect the president. As you should. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. I've had people out on the street bless me. You hear me? Like that type of thing is just is not how I roll. I'll mm. never forget from from what you're saying. I'll never forget. I was in the gym one day, and it was a dude that was working behind the counter, and I was fresh out of school. And I'm telling him what I wanted to get into, and all of a sudden, this man starts spitting off information. He said, "Oh, my my daughter worked for that department. You need wow. to talk to this person." That mind you, he was at Planet Fitness. We were just sitting there talking. And y'all ain't getting <laughs> no free plug either. But anyway. Huh? <laughs> but it just shows you never know where your blessing gonna come from right <laughs> so yeah for sure mm. um you talk about like the when you started talking about the entrepreneurship piece you started talking about how like you have to be flexible and you came in with a plan but your plan changes um yeah. how has that been for you as a person to having to deal with all those changes oh my gosh um some days it's it's tore me up. Like I had to change my entire mindset mm. when How dealing so? with this. Um, so? Just realizing that I don't have control over this. <laughs> the way I want to throw my phone across this. I want to just slam this thing closed. <laughs> control and honestly i can be very honest um about this because it it took me a while to get to this place but 
just being someone that has always been independent and saying, okay, I'm going to get this done this way. Yeah. It's been the hardest thing to struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't, the only way I have been able to process it is by, I don't have control. Yeah. Because when you tell yourself that, it changes your perspective on, okay, what are the things that are within my control and how do I keep going? And that's me on a day-to-day because otherwise I'm thinking my mind is running from, okay, you should be doing this, but yet you're doing this because this happened today. And yeah. mm. that's why you and, said you take it by the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said it's literally day by day. Like I don't even go by, okay, this is, yeah, you set up goals for going out months and months, but don't think that every day is going to be the same. It's just not, it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. So, oh, go for it, Mike. So you mentioned being a juvenile hearing officer. Oh, probation officer. Oh, excuse me, probation officer. Excuse me. So mm-hmm. how how is that um, for you? Because this was like when you were first kind of starting off, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So how was that for you? Oh man, that I would say that was probably one of the greatest times of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, working with kids and families, um, the job in itself. And the people that I had to deal with, like my coworkers and stuff, that's another story. So, <laughs> to another but, day. <laughs> yeah. It was just rewarding. Uh, every day, a lot of people, let me just put this disclaimer out. When I tell different people that I used to be a juvenile probation officer, a lot of people feel a certain way about that, right? Because they take that in as, oh, I was being a part of the system right if you know what i mean like the criminal justice oh, system but in a you. in a negative way right. gotcha just putting kids yeah yeah but for me i can say loud that like i cared so much about those families i cared a lot about the kids because it just it made me realize that yeah, these kids really are our future and they need us. They need structure. They need guidance. It was just so rewarding. Um, and I, I miss that a lot because I help people now, but in a different type of way. And sometimes you don't feel that rewarding effect as much because yeah. it's like, yeah, they're coming to you for legal services. And then it's just like, bye. But did you change their life? Mm-hmm. Like every day I may not change someone's life, even though I want to in this field. That's so rich. (laughs) I mean, so lofty. Yeah, because I'm even thinking about like, um, because I know you was talking about like during the pandemic, you were figuring out like, okay, you're changing your views on everything. You was like Mm -hmm. figuring out your full purpose Mm -hmm. and just doing everything that you're doing. So I'm like, do you feel like that kind of tied in? that what you just said kind of ties in with your purpose also? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, I come from a big family. Like, I care about helping. Like, we grew up and we're still to this day all together. Like, we're all we have. Yeah, tribe. Yeah, literally tribe. tribe. (laughs) Forever, too. If something happens with me, Best believe my siblings know, and they are they right there and <laughs> straight like that <laughs> and what and vice versa. <laughs> so like that, it meant a lot to me because I saw family. I saw myself, my family, with working uh, with those kids, and so that brings me to another important important point. Um, regarding running the business because Mm. I also had to realize when you start running your own business, you're not running a charity. Like if you, you doing a business, you're not running a charity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I recently actually sat down with someone because I've done some pro bono work and things of that sort. 
And this person said to me, what, what is your business structure? Mm-hmm. I told her like it's PLLC. And she's like, um, so you're not running a not-for-profit, right? Like, correct. So they were setting you up. Yeah. <laughs> you up. Nice. So she's like, you have to run your business like you're running a business, not like a not-for-profit. If you want a, a not-for-profit, open one, but this is your business. <laughs> Straight up. And something as simple as that made sense to me. Yeah. That, that's real, though. Yeah. yeah. So when I was starting my business i feel like i was focused on a lot of oh i want to help people hence me even trying to do like family law i'm currently practicing that now mm-hmm. um i'm like i want to help people i want to do all these things but then in turn you start seeing that people can't afford legal services a lot yeah. in the family realm yeah. In the room that I wanted to help people. Right. And so, yeah. It makes I you kind of have to rethink process. it. Yeah, it had me thinking like, ooh, okay. If I'm running this business, I can help people, but not to the effect of how I wanted to or originally planned. So do you think that, do you think that you're going to eventually use your practice your practice will be your practice. Do you yeah. think that you're going to have something on the side that feeds that more purposeful piece of you, like a nonprofit? Oh, yeah, yeah, most okay. definitely. Okay. Um, even now, because I've been feeling like, oh, I really want to go back and work with kids. I've been looking at different volunteer opportunities for now. But yeah, I'm going to definitely at some point do the not-for-profit. But I have to figure that out, like how... How is that going to intersect with legal services or not? I don't know yet. Hmm. Okay. And how important do you think it is to do pro bono work? And for those at home that don't know what pro bono means, that means free. So um, thank, thank you. Mike. Yeah. How important do you think <laughs> that is, though? Oh, it's very important. Hmm. You have some people that won't take a pro bono case because they want money, you know, but I feel like when you talk about success, the real success is changing somebody's life, impacting lives. That's, that's for me personally. Like I don't, yeah, the money is going to come. The money is going to come. Don't get me wrong. I've had some hard times, but at the end of the day, when I go home some days or, or if I've helped a client, that didn't have money and I, I take their took their case pro bono. That's the most rewarding feeling. Like when people come and say, you don't know how much you helped me or mm. all these other people, I called this many firms and they never helped me. Like it's rewarding. So you talked about, you said something interesting. You said through the, you know, the hard times. So with the challenges that you have faced being a solo practitioner so far, you could have always just said, bump it, I'm going back to work for a government agency of some sort. What keeps you motivated to continue going? First and foremost, God. Come on now. I got to say that because a lot of people, now we get into where we're pushing away from that. But yeah, first and foremost, I'm going to say God. Mm. Because... I've had those days where like, I'm like, oh, some of this is not making sense. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me I'm, I'm here with all y'all. And I would just sit and cry. I feel you. And be like, God, I'm, I'm literally trusting you right now because nothing else makes sense. So first and foremost, God, um, also my family. Mm. And just to piggyback on my story, like, yeah, my mom was a single mom, six kids. I'm a first gen. 
undergrad graduate and attorney. So my family. You saying you first gen on each level? Yeah. Okay. Wow. So Dang. my family are the they looking at me like, you can't quit, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you the second yeah. coming. Yeah, <laughs> we we in this together. You can't quit, girl. Yeah. Mm, but that's so solid though and it speaks to your family dynamic we in this together i love that yeah we all in this together okay um so yeah my family and my friends t of course you you know oh my god you know i got your back how many times we've had conversations like i'll be just ready to throw it away well we encourage (laughs) one another it like (laughs) it throw it away like where you gonna go? Don't know. Oh, <laughs> I gotta be laughing like no other. No, but that's real though. Like, go ahead. I'm not gonna steal your shine. Do your thing. Yeah, but I'm saying like my fr- thank God for my friends. I don't have a lot of friends, but my close friends they know. We literally have these talks where we're just like we got to keep going because we can't go back. And. At the end of the day, when I think about what going back means, Mm. it means I'm throwing away everything that I've done every day, all the work, blood, sweat, and tears that I've put into this. I'm throwing that away. Um, To go back to what's familiar. Right. To go back to what's familiar, right? Just a Mm. feeling. That's a feeling. It's, Mm. It's not even what makes sense. Mm-hmm. If it made sense or maybe like, hey, this is going to be life-changing in this way, I could do it. But I haven't had any of those opportunities. Going back to the state, like, that's not going to do anything for me right now. Hmm. I, I, I'm too far in. You know how they say, once you get past a certain... It's the, um, you're at the point of no return. Yeah. Once you get past a certain point, that's it. You can't right. go back. All right. We had a conversation like this the other day. I texted Josh and said, I want to just throw it all away. Mm-hmm. She was just like, what? I'm like, throw it away. Just throw it all away. But <laughs> you know, it gets it gets like that sometimes though, because yeah. like it's a lot of it's a lot of fine print. It's a lot yeah. of stuff people didn't tell you. Yeah. <sighs> so much fun. Especially, especially when you're in the process and then the process ain't going the way you want it to go. Right. You better you better preach, Michael. Hey, because I was just having this conversation with a friend yesterday. So wow, <laughs> thank when you. When it's not going as expected, and you still got to carry on with the belief that it's still coming. Mm-hmm. And to add on to what you said, Michael, what about when you're the first doing it? <laughs> so then you made up a plan because you thought that's how it should go, right? <laughs> you don't know how it really should go or how the plan should look. So then it's even more personal to you because this is the plan that you made for yourself that you say, God, it has to work, right? So it's just crazy um, to go through this process. And a lot of people don't understand it because when you're the first doing something, you figuring this all out. Yeah, you have God and he's guiding you. But like, it's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of time that you have to process and make your own plan too yeah so when that's all you have you don't have a formal blueprint right you feel like you're losing everything because that's what you make mm. it's 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 a crazy feeling i would say to that point about losing things what do you what are some obstacles and like setbacks or like losses that you feel like you've had that you have to just overcome to get to where you at now. In my life, or just like Here your point blank business. In your life and business. Whichever. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say, and I've shared this with you so many times, too. One of my biggest losses ever is my grandfather. Um, and a little bit about my grandfather. He had a second grade education, couldn't read, couldn't write. But this man had so much wisdom that he instilled into me. Until this day, it's carrying me through my business. And he's been dead since 2016. 
I would say that was the biggest obstacle I had to face because I went to law school August 2016, but lost my grandfather November 2016. Mm. So when that happened, um, I had to process so much because at first I was like questioning God, was that not the right timing to go? Because I felt like, wow, I leave home and then he's gone. Like, it's, it's not so much that I blame myself, but I just didn't know he was that sick where he wouldn't hold on, right? Because one thing about it, when we're, we're talking about obstacles, when you have family and you guys are all going through challenges and struggle together, when you make a plan and you want to change that, you're expecting everybody to reap the benefits. So when that happened to me, I kept saying, oh my God, a big part of me wanted to do this so that I could repay my grandfather for all of the things he's done. Like I wanted him to see all of this. I wanted him to see my firm. I wanted him to see everything that's to come from this. And it, it, it stuck with me. That was, that's the hardest part about this whole process. I still don't understand that to this day. Like, wow, so much, someone who had given so much to me and I didn't get a chance to repay him back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was see, a lot. He sees you. Yeah. Yeah. Because he he's your guy and star now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, I can't follow that with no question. Because <laughs> it's just like, go ahead, Mike. I'm just thinking just about like the wisdom aspect with that level of education. That's strong. Yeah. Y'all should, y'all should granddaddy wisdom was guiding us all through school. Like, <laughs> like what, that. Say, what did your granddaddy say? Tell me what your granddaddy said about such and such. Like, he was a wise. I never got the pleasure of meeting the man, but he was very wise from what she's told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I just think like people put and this ties back to what we were saying about titles and everything. Mm-hmm. No one could ever tell me that a title, a degree or anything mm-hmm. yeah. will make someone so much more valuable than the, the next person. You can have all of that, no wisdom, no common sense. And you're just like a brick outside. Um, like I said, he second grade education, couldn't read, couldn't write. He could count money. He could okay. tell <laughs> he could tell us how we should go or how we should handle and deal with people, our interactions on a day to day. Um, it's just so important, like the wisdom that people plant, the seeds they plant in you. And I feel like we have an obligation to do that too. But yeah, that that definitely was my biggest obstacle in all of this. So with the obstacles you face, the things you've learned, where where are you trying to go? Where where are we taking your legal career? What do you want to turn it into? What do you ultimately see yourself doing? Mm. I'm still kind of mapping that out. Okay. But what I will say is I want to have different streams of income. Amen. Shout out Professor Harvey. Exactly. Like, shout out to Professor Harvey because this is just one avenue. One avenue, one purpose. I I look at this as my foundation. Absolutely. Mm. But in addition to this, um, of course, I want to, like I said, not for profit. That's been on my mind. Like that, I feel is very important because I want to fill that void of, oh, I need to be able to help my community in the way that I want to. Um, Other different uh, business ventures, I want to eventually um, go out to uh, do real estate. Um, 
And it's just other things that I have right now at the top of my head can't think about. But yeah, I know that this is not it. This is just the beginning. Oh, yeah. Even though it's a lot, like it's been a lot to just start in this, but this is the beginning. Hey, and we speaking that everything that you want will manifest. Yes. Amen. Amen. I claim Thank that. You. Thank you. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. So, Yasha, is there anything that you wish you had done differently? Um, yes. What I would say is I wish I would have networked earlier. read a lot of books self-help books okay earlier on okay i've always read books but i'm saying like specifically for self-help yeah for self-help yeah Mm -hmm. um business books as well um one thing i will say out here that a lot of people they they say it as it's cliche but it's true about the importance of having a network. It's everything. It's everything. It is everything. It is everything. And I feel like had I done that groundwork or that footwork earlier on, I would be further. Mm. I definitely feel that. I don't think the, the emphasis, especially when you're in school, I don't think the emphasis is really placed on networking like it should be. Mm-hmm. like networking could be a like a two-hour block of conversation like okay. this is one of the keys when y'all get out of here and also too i was thinking about this the other day we're not doing this in vain you know like i want to build a network now that's so strong that when i bring kids into this world when they grow up i know your mama Mm-hmm. I know your mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know your mom. <laughs> they gonna introduce themselves. Mm-hmm. This oh my mom. This is my mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And life is gonna be easier for them. A lot of people don't talk about that, but it's the truth. So yeah. so much easier. There's a difference between me approaching John Doe or Jane Doe and saying, "Hi, I'm Yasha Osmond. This is what I do. I would like to connect with you." Mm-hmm. And then versus, hi, I'm Yasha Osby. My mom is mm-hmm. in this community. Mm-hmm. Do you know my mom? And they're like, they, they it's familiar, right? Yep. And all almost in a way, it's a, an accountability factor too. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. It is, definitely. Because... When these people, I've noticed, when a lot of people, they go out and they go on their parents' face. It's like, oh, I haven't heard from your parent in this long or that long. Right. And then you never know if that person ever gave your parent a favor or your parent gave them a favor. And now it's like, all right, I'm going to look out for you. Oh, you mean accountability for the person they're talking to? Yeah, for the person they're okay. talking to. Sorry, I didn't. I thought you meant it. for the kid. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> for the person they're talking to. Now I'm tracking. Um, where they feel the need to like, yeah, I'm on. I'm gonna put you on because let's face it, that's been done a lot that's in the these industries. To, that is the key okay. to America. Yeah, <laughs> that's the key Hello. to America. It's a hey. I know you. Come over here. Let me say something. Dude, <laughs> just because we're on a networking topic, I've had people walk me into buildings that I got rejected out of, but because I knew the person in charge, I got walked right in. Wow. I'm, That's crazy. I'm telling you, I know what you're saying is the truth. The networking is the key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Networking is the key. Yeah. And had I, honestly, I have more of a like laid back introvert personality. But being that I'm now forced to do these things, go out, network, meet new people, had I known it would bring the benefits that it's bringing, I would have done it. I would have faced that fear a long time ago and did it. (laughs) That's real, though. Girl, go holler at these people. Okay. Get connected. Get get to know these people. You feel me? Yeah, I mean... (laughs) 
I it's, it's mindset. It was just a fear, and I just started saying something has to has to shape, right? Some things books can't teach you. Some rooms people uh, you can't get yourself in, like T was saying. Mm-hmm. So when I got to that point. I started sending cold email emails to people. Started going to these more networking events, going up to people, just facing that that fear, you know. Um, and I put in my head the worst thing a person could say is no. Absolutely. Or nothing, you know. They could just walk away, whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. But the majority of time, you have people that's willing to just help mm-hmm. and so that's why i i say i wish i would have probably that's something i would have uh done earlier mm. if i knew the benefits and they'll definitely help too if they see that you're hungry oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah they want especially to the older ones mm-hmm. okay they want them to take a rely on now for sure you mentioned it a little bit like ever so slightly with mm-hmm. just you being like a little introvert Mm-hmm. Who are you outside your career? Outside of my career. Well, mm-hmm. I talked about this a lot. My family, I'm always with them. I spend a lot of time with my family. My family, my friends, they mean the world to me. Um, I love to just have a feeling of being loved and being around other people who loves me. Um, making myself a better person every day by reading. Now going into a health journey. I don't know why. I just recently I did. Um, I joined a spin class, and to my surprise, I kind of like it. <laughs> but what what spin? Like I'm, I'm thinking the scooters, bicycle, the bicycle, stationary bikes. Oh. <laughs> Yes, intense. And you know, it changes your mind. Like, Mm -hmm. um, like you're pushing yourself, right? Basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been doing outside of my work life. That's, that's it. I've been trying to say, okay, how do I become a better me? I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm an auntie. Hey, auntie. (laughs) Yeah. A friend, I wanna I wanna be better at all of those things. And so every day I wake up, I say, okay, I'm gonna push. Today is a different day. I'm gonna push to do something different. As you should. Solid. That's your solid. So mm-hmm. how do you balance how do you balance your work obligations with being a sister, being all those other things? How do you balance it? I can say it was hard at first Mm. like being the person that everybody just comes to um, your family wants you to be involved or do this go out and have fun and then you can't because I have a business to run I can't do that (laughs) hang out that's real. So setting boundaries, that's another very important topic. I had to learn to set boundaries. Okay. Uh, a lot of time, family, friends, whoever, they don't understand the sacrifice we have to make when building something. So they'll come to you. You're like, oh, I'm doing this with my business or I'm working. And they're like, oh, okay, I know. But, you know, um, but you have to set your your foot. Like, you have to put your foot down and set the tone. Like, listen, this is what I'm trying to do long term. And in order to do it, this is what I have to do. I have to make this sacrifice temporarily, whether it be us not being able to meet up, spend time together as much this is what i'm trying to do so that we can have all that time later on right so yes yeah, it's, it's appropriate to set um i mean you have to set appropriate boundaries because if you don't 
you can get swallowed up into like a lot of guilt about feel, feeling like you're not there or you're not doing this or that, even though you want to do it. Yeah. Mm. How has your how has the people around you been with you setting boundaries? Have they been okay with it? For the most part, they've learned to just accept it. You know, <laughs> and that's all that they can do. Yeah, I, I'm like, not this is gonna what say it is. they're okay with it. I'm just gonna say they've learned to accept it. Mm-hmm. Keyword on that learned, right? <laughs> the alternative is yeah. distance, so it's either yeah. Or and then for distance. the ones who I, I'm gonna be straight up for the ones who I felt that I had to place that distance with, I did. Mm, that's another boundary. It's okay. another boundary. You can't. When you work in this hard every day and you're building something, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's family, it doesn't matter who it is. They can be a distraction and a deterrent from where you're supposed to go. Like people won't say it, but I'm going to say it. Like, yeah, you have to have healthy boundaries. Mm. Especially when you're the first to do it. Yeah. You don't get a lot of mistakes. That's another thing. When you're the first to do it, you have to look at it as I have this one shot. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're the chosen one. You have this one shot. Do you think you can get all these chances? No. Because your circumstances are ever evolving. Mm -hmm. It made me think about like NBA, like a basketball game. Okay. You got that free throw. Everybody waiting on you. <laughs> you at the you line. Ain't no time left. <laughs> you better not miss. It. Okay. And it's a whole nother thing when you're making mistakes and, and you're black. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's another thing, too. It's Heavy. a big thing. Yeah, um, that grace is not given. Yeah. You you want to have you want to have that grace, but sometimes yeah. it's just not there. It's just not there. The The foundation hasn't been laid for a lot of us in uh, different spaces for us to have that opportunity to do that. Right. Yeah. That's so rich. You so talking great. that talk today. I have, <laughs> I have another question, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so you say you're six, six of y'all, right? Six siblings. Yeah. So where are you in, like, the sibling scale? <laughs> like, oldest, the- youngest, middle? I'm the lucky number three. I'm the middle child. The tray. Hey. How mm-hmm. and how was that like in growing up, like being like the third oldest? I felt like because I was number three, I was more balanced. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because if people meet my siblings. <laughs> The way you said that, I've already known it. It's it's a it's they wouldn't fun. know we siblings. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. It's just so different. <laughs> That's how it is though, all the time. Yeah. So I'm kind of like the black sheep in that regard. I'm, you know, where we grew up from, like where we grew up and how we grew up, it was way different. Mm. So I'm the girl that went to school. I'm I, I'm like the nerdy one to them. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm the balance. So it was, I would say like, I never really felt left out like growing up per se, because like I said, we always were really close. Um, and I have a really good, I have really good relationships with all of my siblings. So that was never an issue. Like, whatever we went through together, we explained it, we got it. We're like, okay, we on the same page. That's it. I (laughs) think adult and now in adulthood, it's a little bit different because, like I said, it's been hard um, setting those boundaries Mm -hmm. because they're used to me being there, you know. Right. And so now it's like, oh, you're going... The work, you're going to the office, you can't do this, you can't do that. It's different for them. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Since you said you were kind of sort of the black sheep and you grew up a little bit different, 
I'm curious, what made you even want to get into the law? Like, how did that get planted in your spirit? Oh, wow. Um, I always wanted to be a lawyer for young. Mm. But, but where did it come days. from, though? Oh, Matt, Matt Law? Matt days. No, not Matt Law. <laughs> Just seeing that, like, I, I actually want to be a criminal lawyer. Like, that was the whole mm. purpose of me going to FIU, criminal law, um, doing criminal justice. Then with the state as a juvenile probation officer, I was like, I was paving the way. I'm, I'm going to be criminal. I'm going to do criminal work. Right. Didn't happen like that. But yeah, I've always wanted to become an attorney since I was young. Um, high school, went to a pre-law magnet program. It's just something I always wanted mm. to It just got on you early. Mm-hmm. Pre-law magnet program, they make them? Yeah. That's real, <laughs> that's real popular in the Florida area. Yeah. Really? I went mm-hmm. to a magnet too. I did a uh, sports management. Wow. Mm-hmm. Y'all better be in magnet school. I know that's right. That's where you go. That's <laughs> y'all so smart. That's where they send you when you quote unquote exceptional. Yeah. That's where hey, they send you. I don't know why you're doing air quotes like you're not exceptional, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, I believe they were all exceptional in our way, but you know it's a system to things. That's why I did the air quotes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what, T? We're not gonna go back and forth. Man, stop it, okay? We got we got guests, we got companies. <laughs> don't do this right now, okay? Don't do this right now. All right. So Yasha, what was what is something that people would be surprised to know about you? Well, I pretty much gave that away. Okay. That well, I had all those siblings. Okay. For some reason, when people meet me, well, it's not for some reason. It's because I'm more laid back, introverted. Mm. They'll say, Oh, I thought you were like the only child. All this time you had all those siblings. And I'm like, why they thought you were the only child? I don't know, because maybe because I'm more quiet and reserved. I'm not as outgoing. But I'm like, doesn't it make sense that that's the reason why? No. Because growing up, I knew I was tired of like, I don't want to talk once I leave home because I'm talking to how many people? (laughs) Right. It was just, yeah, I think that's that's the most surprising, uh, um, what people would find surprising about me. If you had to pass on some information to the next generation, somebody, the little Yashas or Yashins, if it's a man, young, I don't know, uh, little boy. <laughs> Yashins, I like that name. Yashin, that's dope, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from the motherland. I just love it. <laughs> hey. But anyway, if you had something you wanted to pass on to the next generation, someone who was in similar situation to you or someone that's just trying to figure it out, they're young, what would you tell them? I would tell them, number one, be authentic. Number two, have that network. Um, be consistent. It's not if you're the best at something, but how much you're willing to sacrifice to get to be the best at something. Um, I feel like a lot of times in our communities, we go by this, what you know how to do, so do it. Yeah. And that's not always correct. It's just not always correct. Um, everybody in the neighborhood got a salon because they right. know how to do hair. Yeah, everybody, but it's not always correct. Some of right. those people are supposed to go way further than that. Right. Not knocking anybody within that industry, but I'm yeah. just saying, um, just it's the same thing with sports, like football. Oh, that's what you know how to do. Go do it. Right. Right. I feel like you have to be passionate about whatever you're doing. Um, don't give up. Like, if you're going to put your mind to do something and you you say that's where you want to be, don't let anything stop you from doing it. Like, as I said, that's my own story. Like, from young, I knew I wanted to be here. And I took all the steps. My mom was a single mother with six kids. A lot of people don't even understand how did I get to law school. So I'm, I feel like I'm an example that 
it could be done. It don't matter where you're from. Okay. It don't well, matter. None of your circumstances. Like, you don't have to be a product of your circumstances. You just get out there and you do it. That's right. And then also keep God first. Keep God first. Because those days where you didn't call everybody, everybody important to you and you still feel doubt, the only thing that can really keep you going is God, a message from God. Mm. Like, I have, and T, you know this, I have some days, I've told T how much, like, her motivational messages has, have helped me. I listen to Sarah Jakes Roberts. Mm -hmm. Just, I turn on those sermons throughout the week because you can really be going through all these things. You you talk to everybody and you, you hear things and you, you know, you hear the encouragement, but sometimes it's just that word from God that's going to keep you going. That's real. And I hope y'all took notes at home. Yeah. Take that in. God let that breathe for a minute. <laughs> yeah. That's so real. Um, is there anything that you wish you had done differently on your journey? live life in regret about anything I feel like life comes in seasons yeah. and you just you go with what what season you're in you do what you're supposed to do um as I stated earlier maybe I would have networked more or invested in like more educational material for myself but Everything happens for a reason, so I, I don't even regret it. So what is your personal motto? Something that like you live by day to day or that you could just always just remind yourself whenever you need it? Get it done regardless. That's been my motto my entire life. Come on now. Get it done regardless. That's strong. And I, I say that to say, a lot of people don't know this, but even when I started undergrad, I didn't have transportation. I, I lived in Broward, but my school was far down in Miami-Dade County. Mm. I did not have transportation starting off. And I'll share this because now it's, it's long and gone, so they can't do nothing about it. So what I did... Statue of limitations is up. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Okay. Up. Me and one of my friends, one of my good friends, Karina, we went to the same school. So I had to take the tri-rail, a train, and three buses, three transfer buses mm. to get to school every day. I did that for about like one or two weeks. And I was like, I'm tired. I don't know. I can't see this, see myself getting through this. Right. I have to figure something out. So I was on a wait list for dorms um, at FIU, but they hadn't called me yet. So I said, Karina, I know you got roommates, but I just need somewhere to lay my head. <laughs> Karina let me do it. So yeah. through the week, what we did, we made up a system. Through the weekday, I would come. I would spend the night with her in her dorm so that I didn't have to do that train in three buses every day. And by the grace of God, I finally got called out of, off the wait list and got my dorm. And so when you determine to do something and you know that's what you're supposed to do, you don't make no excuses. I could have gave up. My family was mad at me at first. Like they're oh you're not coming home what are you doing to them like they're they're not from college they never went to college they they're thinking I'm doing all type of crazy stuff I'm not coming home anymore and I used to be home every day so um yeah you get it done regardless you don't make excuses if you want to be somewhere you're gonna be somewhere yeah 
We just let it breathe. That's what we do. What are we supposed to do with that? Like, (laughs) but you know what? She's right. Because like you move in your intent, you move with you set that intention, move in that direction, and God will do the rest. Yeah, he will. Oh. And that's literally how it works. Yeah. The way that y'all have literally filled my spirit up this whole episode. I'm just I'm just thankful that y'all should decide to come on here during the end of Black History Month. (laughs) Okay. I feel honored. (laughs) <laughs> we hey, appreciate you. We all make history, y'all. <laughs> you feel me? Hey, on, and I now, tell now. I tell folks all the time. I said it when everybody was on February first. Everybody's like, "Happy Black History Month!" I said it's Black History Month every day, every right? Day. Straight up. So let's keep on keeping on. Yeah, Yasha, thank you oh. so much for coming on. Give everybody your social media where they can reach you. Yes, on Instagram is Optimum Legal Services. That's plural with the S. On Facebook, Optimum Legal Services, PLLC. All right. And that's going to wrap things up. My name is T. Hardaway. And I'm Michael Basel. And we are the Did It For The Hood podcast, baby. Indeed. Later.